Hello and welcome to another episode of A Little Ray of Sunshine, inspirational stories from everyday people. Tonight I will be visiting with a young lady by the name of Ashley Bueller. Her and I have never met and I am looking forward to hearing her story, so I'll go ahead and get her on the line here. Hello. Hi, is this Ashley? It is. Ashley, how are you tonight? I'm doing good. Good, good. You're in Boise, is that correct? Yeah, I'm here for a couple of days for work. Mm-hmm. Well, Ashley, I don't know if you've had an opportunity to listen to any of my podcasts to kind of see the format, but I like to just talk to people about the stories they have in their lives. And I really have had the privilege of, for over a year now, being able to hear some amazing stories from amazing people. And I have no doubt that you'll be one of those tonight. Well, thank you. Yeah, I've listened to a couple of them on my way over to Boise today, so. Well, good. So what is your story, Ashley? I think the story that, you know, a story that other people would like to hear, it started, you know, when I was growing up, I grew up with a single mom and grew up in poverty, even spent some of my senior year in high school uh, homeless with my family. But despite that, I was able to graduate in the top 10% of my class and got scholarships to Utah State. So I started started my education up there. And during freshman year, during spring break, my mom and my sister and her best friend and I were headed from Cedar City back up to American Fork. And on our way, there was a freak March snowstorm. And my mom ended up passing away in a rollover accident. And that was, you know, that was a tough, tough experience to go through as an 18 year old. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so from there, I ended up becoming the guardian of my two younger sisters who were 17 and 14 at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, got my sister through her senior year of high school. And then the younger one actually ended up being with my aunt in Washington. So that was a real blessing to not have to, you know, raise a 14 year old as an 18 year old. Right. And, you know, I, I know that the Lord prepared me for that experience and, you know, it was scary as an 18 year old, but I was able to, you know, get all her affairs in order and, you know, finish my college degree. So Mm -hmm. I'm very grateful to the Lord for, for all his help through that. How were you prepared? How did you know everything to do and how did you get through it? Well, about a year before my mom's death, she actually ended up with pneumonia. And with that, they gave her the wrong medication and she ended up having an internal reaction where there were blisters inside and out of her whole body. Mm. And as a 17 year old, I had to step up and become the sole person in charge. You know, she couldn't see because of the blisters in her eyes. And so I drove her to all of her doctor's appointments. I, you know, took care of all the bills. Um, She would sign, you know, if I could put her hand up to the check, she would sign it, but I would fill everything else out. So I knew all of my sister's schedules. I knew all the bank accounts. I knew all of my mom's dealings because I had to do that the year before. And so just a week before she passed is when she finally got to go back to driving bus. She was a school bus driver. And because of her previous reaction, couldn't do that. And so, you know, it was one week before she passed that she was back to her normal schedule. But the Lord had let me have that experience so that when she did pass, I wasn't afraid at all. Well, that's amazing because you just had to jump in and you had really had no other choice, right? Yeah. I mean, my parents were divorced, so it was just, you know, me and my sisters and 
you know, we had family support. There was some family who lived there in Utah and others that came, you know, to be with us after that. But weeks and months went on and, you know, I was just left with me and my sisters. So, mm-hmm. so what was it like as an 18 year old, knowing that you had such awesome responsibilities to care for your siblings? What was that like for you? At first it was just, you know, a little bit daunting, you know, and as the days went on, you know, the regional plan was to have both my sisters come back up to Logan with me. We just kind of get a house or apartment and they would finish school. And my, my other sister already had been accepted to Utah State. And so, you know, her and I would just go to college and we'd take care of the youngest one. But my mom's sister said, you know, just be a college kid. You don't need to raise these kids. And, you know, growing up in a single parent home and as the oldest child, I already had some of those responsibilities along the way. You know, I always kind of felt like a second mother figure to them. But I was so grateful that my aunt took my younger sister and I was able to just enjoy being a college student. Wow. I've never met anybody who's had that much responsibility as an 18-year-old. That just seems almost, you, you used the word daunting. Wow. Difficult for sure, I guess, right? Yeah. As we were all sitting in the hospital after the accident happened, my dad actually beat us to the hospital because he was actually with us that morning. We had all gone down for an FFA event and he was there, but... My parents had divorced, and we didn't even know if he could have custody of my sisters or anything. And they were able to look it up, and they said, no, he signed away parental rights. And it's it's you. And so, you know, I walked away with two minors and, you know, just had to learn how to take care of all the things that they needed. All right. I mean, you were 18, but you were kind of like a minor, too. Yeah, I was just, you know, freshman year of college. I'd only been up at Utah State for, you know, a few months. And I would come home Thursday or Friday, stay through the weekend to help them get their homework done, get, you know, the house in order. And then I'd go back up to Logan for a couple days for classes. And I had some really great professors who just said, okay, I'm not going to make you take the test. I'm not going to, you know, do attendance points. We're just going to get you through this semester and then we'll figure it out. And that was a tremendous blessing to be able to just finish that year of school and still be able to keep my sisters on track, too. Yeah. How long did your sister who got accepted to Utah State live with you? Just through the summer. She ended up deciding not to come to Utah State with me. So she ended up just moving in with some friends um, in the fall. Mm -hmm. So, you know, from March until mid-May when finals were over, I was just bouncing back and forth every few days. And then through the summer, her and I lived together, and then I went back up to Logan, and she stayed at American Fork. Wow. How many years ago was it that all this took place? It's been 13 years now. I think that was 2010. Okay. So. Okay. So in the past 13 years, how has that kind of shaped you? How has it helped you to be who you are today? I think it's made me have you know the ability to kind of see beyond the immediate needs. I've been able to know what to make a future plan and to see that the Lord is in my life and that he's not going to leave me alone. He's always going to support me when I need it and make my life how it should be. Mm -hmm. I think some people at times in their life wonder if the Lord's really there. Do you know what I mean? And you had an opportunity to actually know it and You speak with confidence, Ashley. You speak with a lot of confidence, and that tells me that you really do know that 
you not only have received help from the Lord, but he continues to be with you. Is that accurate? Yeah. And, you know, in recent years, I have struggled that with a little bit. I've been married to my husband for 12 years, and we still haven't had any children. And sometimes I look to the Lord and I say, I'm here. I'm waiting. Let's get going with this. And, you know, I just have to rely on his timeline. It's always, you know, his time. And, you know, our time is what, what we want it to be, but it's not always that way. Yeah, I think his plan and our plan sometimes don't quite match up. But how do you maintain such a positive attitude with everything that you've gone through? I just focused on my blessings. You know, with six months after my mom died is when I met my husband. And I just know that he put me, you know, the Lord put me in the right place to be able to do that and to have such a wonderful husband in my life who supports me and if I would have just, you know, crawled in a hole and stayed there after my mom passed away, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I just try to make each day the best I can. Yeah. There may have been some days where you wished you could crawl in a hole, but what was it that kept you from doing it? I think in a lot of ways, it was just the knowledge of the eternal families and knowing that this wasn't the end. I would see my mom again and that I was blessed with my own eternal family. You know, growing up with a single mom, it was hard for me to sing the Father's Day songs in primary or Mm -hmm. to, you know, watch my friends get sealed in the temple and thinking, oh, will I ever have that? Is that possible for me? And I was able to do that, and it's been such a great blessing. Oh, it sounds like it has. So what are you doing with your life now? So we moved back to Idaho about five years ago. I was working for an organic chicken company out in the Midwest while my husband got his master's degree. And then we were able to move back to Idaho. And I now work as an organic inspector for the state of Idaho. I go out to farms and make sure that they're following the organic rules. And then I kind of follow my husband around. He's a high school math teacher and student council advisor. So I get to go to prom every year and do all the fun things over at Thunder Ridge. Oh, you're over at Thunder Ridge, yeah. Yeah, he's been over there since the start. (laughs) That is so cool. You said you met him six months after your mother passed away. Obviously, you were still mourning and going through some grief process. Yeah, we had some really tough moments, but there was one night when we had just met. I mean, it maybe been a week, and I think I was struggling with, you know, my youngest sister needing something that I couldn't, you know, just jump in the car and go do for And I said, hey, would you and your roommate be willing to give me a blessing? And they did. And he was like, I've never been inspired to say those things before. You know, I barely know you. We just met a few days ago. And that was just kind of one of the first moments where I was like, there's something about this kid. You know, I I have to keep him in my life. And as the weeks went on, he was just there anytime, you know, one of my sisters was struggling or I was struggling. And We just created this friendship that, you know, is 12 years later, 13 years later, we're still, you know, best friends. And I don't think I could have made it through without him there. How soon afterwards were you married? We got married nine months after that. Mm -hmm. So we were engaged within four weeks of meeting, but we waited nine months to get married because we didn't want to pay double rent because we were both (laughs) in our housing contracts. So we waited till after finals in May. And funny story about that, we had to move the wedding up. I wanted a June wedding, but he had to be a Utah resident by June 1st. 
So we got married on May 28th so that he could keep his residency and his scholarship at Utah State. <laughs> All the hoops we have to jump through, right? It was worth it. Oh, I bet it was. I bet it was. So you have really strong faith. A minute ago, you mentioned eternal families. There may be people out there that don't understand that concept. Are you comfortable talking about that for a moment? Yeah. When you are worthy to to go to one of the temples of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you can there go through a ceremony in which you are sealed to your family forever. And that uh, is a blessing that's ensured to you if you uh, keep the commandments and you're following the right path, that you will be able to be with your family into the eternities. And in the temple, when this happens, in the room you're in, there are mirrors on both sides of the room. And you can look from one side to the other and see who you were. You know, I mean, it's the same you, but essentially, you know, who you were before you came to this earth and who you will be into the eternities. That's amazing. If you have loved ones that have passed on before you, they're not gone. They're just the next phase, so to speak. Exactly. They can still be around you in certain times and circumstances. And, you know, I know that my mom was there on my wedding day. You know, she wasn't there, you know, as a physical body, but her spirit was there. And I know that when my children are born, you know, that she can be around us and they'll, you know, they'll they'll get to know her through my stories, but also just be able to feel her, her spirit presence when they're growing up. You know, that's a comforting thought to know that when we lose a loved one, we'll be able to see him again and be with him again. Isn't that something? It's absolutely wonderful. I mean, I think without that knowledge, I think I would have struggled a lot harder through these last years. Mm-hmm. I imagine you would have. So what else about you is unique that makes Ashley Bueller, Ashley Bueller? Well, if you ask my husband, he would say my crazy curly hair. <laughs> he can always spot me in a crowd. <laughs> but I think just my perseverance and, you know, not giving up in this life and looking forward to the next life. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes when life gets hard, you want to give up, you want to throw in the towel. But if you focus on the next life, then it's easier. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you give to somebody who maybe right now today, they feel like giving up? They feel like maybe it's not worth it. Anyone who's had that experience can look to the Savior and to his love because I know a lot of times when people want to give up it's because maybe they feel alone and they feel like no one no one understands them no one understands what it's like to lose a parent or to have to raise your sisters or to be in poverty but our savior understands all of that he understands our hearts and he loves us and if we communicate with him through prayers through scripture study or just have a thought in our mind he'll pull us through thank you for sharing that In my mind, I just remembered something you said a few minutes ago. At the time, you were homeless, and then all of a sudden, you graduate and get—did you say you got a scholarship to college? Yeah, I was actually a 4-H state ambassador during that time, and I had a half-tuition scholarship from that, and then I had several other academic ones. And I always love to wonder if my teachers knew anything about it. Mm -hmm. You know, for a time, we lived in sleeping bags on a floor of, like, an abandoned house. And I was in AP classes. I was actually a Sterling Scholar for the state of Utah all while this was happening. And I don't think anyone knew. Ashley, how'd you do that? I just knew that if I made it to college, that I could have the skills and the ability to have a job. 
you know, I was just always like, I got to make it to college so I can have, you know, a degree that then will enable me to always be employed. And it's worked. I've never been without a, a job since I started college. I've always had some type of income to sustain me and my family. Where'd you get that drive? Because that it doesn't seem to me to be like a normal teenager to be able to wake up <laughs> on a floor in a sleeping bag in an abandoned house and then go to school and be able to do well. Where'd you get that? I think it just kind of comes from my faith and just kind of from wanting to do the opposite of the things that I had done, you know, with my parents. You know, my mom never finished her degree. She started at BYU, but never finished. And I could just see her always struggling and not being able to find employment because she didn't have the degree. And so I just always watched her and, and that and said, I have to get my degree. I have to do that. I have to, whatever it takes to get there, I'm going to get there. Mm-hmm. You say the Lord's prepared you, you know, the year before your mother died. But listening to you talk, I think he started preparing you at a young age. I think so, too. I think I've always had his influence in my life. You know, it was never hard for me to make the decision to get baptized or to, you know, attend my young women meetings or any of that or, you know, any assignment, any calling that's come my way. I've always been, you know, willing to jump in and help people. And and I think that just comes from being around some of the, the people that, you know, I grew up with. They were just always serving others. And I wanted to do the same thing. Right. I'm so impressed that the experiences that you just shared with me didn't overwhelm you so much that you got discouraged and you wanted to give up. That's tough. Uh, Teenagers are tough anyway. But then to go through what you were going through, added on top of that, that's incredible to me that you just did what you did. Well, thank you. Yeah, gosh. What an example for the people who feel like giving up, you know. So just to wrap this up here a little bit, I always end by asking my guests to just share some advice, maybe life advice that you learned that helped you or anything that you feel like might be helpful or useful for somebody else. My advice would be to always pray and always keep the Lord close to you. He can support you and love you. And even if you have differences with different gospel topics, if you focus on the love of the Savior and his gospel and the very minute details of that, I think you can pull through any hardship you have. And I would also, you know, advise younger people or if anybody's, you know, wanting to change their career to just go for it, but always make sure that you have something that will support your family and to support your goals and your dreams. That's very well said. And, you know, you could have been a victim. You could have walked around life feeling like, wow, this happened to me, so therefore, right? But uh, you didn't. You chose to let your past help you in your future, and you did a very good job of it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Well, gosh, Ashley, I appreciate the time tonight, and I appreciate the words that you gave. Very inspiring. I think that will be something others will enjoy listening to, because you've come a long way from the circumstances that you had, and wow, just amazing. So thank you for taking time to visit with me tonight, Ashley. You're sure welcome, and I look forward to listening to more of your episodes. Well, good. Hopefully you'll look forward to listening to yours on Friday. (laughs) 
Oh, that makes me nervous. But. <laughs> That's all right. I'll edit all the stuff out that doesn't come out good. <laughs> and most of it will be my stuff. <laughs> all righty. Well, you have a good evening. You too. Well, okay, bye. take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of A Little Ray of Sunshine. And to my listeners, as always, remember to speak up, speak out, and speak often. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.